I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> Well, here's a question. So is the idea that the win is then practicing to consistently like so a win then in my head, right, would be instead of I got 10 little yucks done, look at me go is more little yuck. And the win is that I then moved on. Here's a question because I will do the opposite where and and I think I wonder if this relates to like um, I know this has to somehow relate to like how we're socialized too, you know, along gender lines and along like class line, like the whole shebang, right? Because there's like an aspect to anytime there is a little yuck, I will do like 25 yucks in a row. Like I can't stop myself. I like hyper focus. What I mean is I see a little thing to tidy and then I'm like, oh, I should also finish the dishes. Oh, I should also take out the dishes. Oh, I also got to fold the laundry. Like it becomes a sequence and it turns, mm -hmm. it's similar to that consignment sale. Like that feels so autopiloted that I'm struggling with figuring out what a little yuck even is. I think as the more we talk, I think I initially thought what a little yuck is. And now I'm like, I don't know if I allow any little yucks. I think I turn everything into a big yuck. Ah, think, help, David. Well, no, 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 no. I think you're doing everything right. This is where I like, let's think about like the amount of tasks people have during the day, like the self-care stuff. Yeah. Like, that has to get done. Right. And then every, every day there's little optional things you can do for you, right? That like we, we often don't do in lieu of getting taken care of everything else. Yes. So like what are, like when um, the, the day before I'm going to, you know, going to great America, you know, I'm, I'm all, I have that German word that I can't remember. Right? Riser like, fever. It's riser such a good fever. Word. Right. The reason I remember it is because I literally picture like, yes, because you're rising to the. So. I did laundry as part of my riser fever. Mm -hmm. The only reason I did laundry was there was a pair of pants that I wanted to potentially wear. Mm -hmm. But, but I, I, and I don't even know if I picked those pair of pants, just to be perfectly honest, but like <laughs> I cleaned, I did my laundry just so that I would have that option later. And so then later while I was like getting ready and dressing and looking at my different options, I didn't think, oh, I should have done laundry. I could have had this pair of pants. The little yuck was like, it definitely helped the house. It helps. I don't only do my laundry. I didn't just do a pair of pants, right? But like, but that was for me. The timing of it was for me. I'd already done laundry the day before. I did laundry. Or I'm doing these dishes so that I can, like, I do a little, like, speech at dinner, right? So, like, the way I prep for speeches is I have to, like, think about them enough. I write, I give myself bare bones. I write it out. And then I, like tell it to myself a million times in my brain, but I need the space to do that. And so like jamming to music, listening to an audiobook, 
And like practicing my speech while I did dishes was another little yuck that I was able to do. But it's all the same energy level for me. Dishes didn't need to get done. We we there was nothing on the today's to do list of like dishes are impeding our life. I just did it so I could keep moving my hands. Oh, okay. So here's here's uh sorry, my brain is like kind of catching up, but I just think I, I I'm just gonna name it. I just think this is like a huge blind spot for me. I really don't know that I I think and I don't I can't be alone in this, right? But like I don't know that I permit myself to just do a little yog because there's just so much to do kind of vibe, right? Like, so here's what I'm hearing you say. What I'm hearing you say is it's like you've done away with the big load of to-do lists and you're not plugging away at it and like, oh, okay, I made a little dent. It's more, I have a lot of energy and so I'm just going to flow with it and I'm going to do a thing and then I'm going to return to something else I enjoy. Then I'm going to do a little like, so actually, I think the thing that I don't have much skill at is stopping. Mm. Like the skill for me, I think I need to work on is not the doing the yuck. It's the pausing and returning to a little yum. Wait, no, you're not. You're not. No, because like the way you describe that is totally like I'm hearing it. I'm like, you're at, you're accurately reflecting what I'm saying, <laughs> but, that, but I'm not saying this right then. Okay. Kind of okay. So, okay. Like, so never mind. We're, we're right. We're so, right. So. When you said to-do list, like I do not have a written to-do list. I have, um, my life is routine oriented. I have a certain day off every week. On that day off, I have these definable tasks that I expect myself to kind of do, right? Like I clean the cat box. I'll get laundry ready. I'll do like, I'll do a couple different tasks around the house. Or like if there's a like little project, like those things get done on my day off. And typically my intervention with that is I call my friend who's also doing chores and we talk for like an hour or two while oh, I'm doing chores. Oh, that's the best. Body doubling, right? Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not on my day off. I don't have all these routine chores in a day. I don't. But what I did have was a bunch of this excitement and anxiety on not my day off, but a different day. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm not going to try to do a new thing. Oh, oh! You literally held back from like going off the rails. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just went and did like I, I'd already done, I'd already done dishes. I'd already like this is where like, but, but like the things that hadn't been done, I could do again, or I could just like polish the thing. Or does this make sense differently? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's like the to me. Okay, this is where I'm going. I'm thinking about how different it feels to me. I'm not a fan of cooking, but anytime there's a big holiday, I do enjoy suddenly cooking and I realize the big or baking and the big distinction is, oh, it's because I can do it at my leisure and I don't have that feeling of I have to for like because I will I've like learned to never commit to make a food for a thing because that does not serve me. I don't like it. I stress out. It makes it harder. But instead, what we do is like, we'll have a tradition where it's like, well, what's everyone's favorite food? Let's just make it. Or like, what are you craving this week? Like, we kind of embrace that more. And then suddenly, the thing that's a chore is not a chore to me. And I enjoy it because I'm able to like spin it my way. So here's, I'm going to back up and say what I meant about the rhythm with the little yum and yuck. Two things that come to my awareness. And I'm not saying this to make myself into like some awful martyr. This is of my doing as much as it is. I think an executive functioning struggle 
and having kids and managing yeah. life and working parents. Like, it's just the whole thing. I think the load put on us as humans is way too much. And then with executive functioning stuff, it feels extra hard to organize. I'm not going to lie, David, you described that day off. And I had this like, almost like my, my sort of salivating. I was like, what is that like? And I'm not saying that because again, what was me? I'm just saying like, oh, I don't know that I have carved out time like that for myself in a very long beeping time. So I could see how this is partly, I think, why I'm missing this boat is because it's like, I don't know that I have that experience of time and have practiced giving myself that experience of time enough to reset. <laughs> Isabel, but it's also like, but my boat is like a pretty privileged boat with a lot no, of free time. No, no, no. no. And no. I'm, and I'm, but I mean this. I'm not saying this. I, I, I don't think it's like just about the kids part. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. But, but, but it is actually. So... <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's actually kind of think about that for a second because I don't want to I don't want anyone listening to think like I am a super person because that's not the point here. Yeah. It's I'm very aware of how much time is taken from somebody around childcare and child rearing. And like the idea that it takes a community is a wonderful saying, but I don't often see that. I see parents doing everything. Yeah. And you you often have to choose between doing everything you need and do, or doing everything your child needs. You can't do both. And I think like it is a very, what I notice are messages from society is mm -hmm. you're not allowed to take care of you. No. And the other message I hear is if you're not taking care of everyone else, you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. And like specific to like, and this falls around different cultural, gender, sex lines. Like, like this is. Oh, like this what, is like, I'm going to put it out there. This is very much more a mom thing, I think, than a dad thing. Like it is that double standard of. Oh my gosh, the dad took the kid to the playground. What a good dad. Um, the mom's at the playground, but they didn't bring snacks and several changes of clothing, knowing it would be muddy that day. Oh, it's, you know, is, I'm not saying yeah. anyone's ever said that to me, but like, yes, there is a total double standard. So like when we're talking about trying to find a little yuck in your life, mm -hmm. I don't think there's the same equation that I'm dealing with. I have a lot more agency in my life. That's true. Well, let's and put it this way. You have a lot, potentially a lot more um, agency in um, and less consistent distraction. Like, think of it this way. Like, in my in my world, no matter what I want to do, there is several agents of chaos that will enter and will immediately be rerouted to priority because mm -hmm. their foot is bleeding profusely. Right. Or they have not eaten. It doesn't it doesn't matter that it's three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Yeah, You're needed to be a parent. Have, or, or they whatever. literally need you to because in that moment they have to go to the bathroom and then they need your help doing a thorough wipe, for example, because that has been a recent thing we're learning. So there's just like, you know, it's like it's like there's never um yeah, there's just not enough time to feel the luxury of Oh, I have a lot of energy. Where is it going to go? This is the thing. So I know, David, can I give you like a vivid example here? Because I saw this meme recently and I'll put it in the show notes. It's brilliant. It shows and it's specifically a woman, but let's put anyone in this role who's felt this way. I don't think just parents at all fall into this bucket, but she's just ushered like her family out the door and then the door closes and it just shows, okay, so I finally have time to myself. What do I do? Do I just sit and stare at a wall or do I panic clean? 
And it just kind of shows her standing there. Like, I mean this when I say that I think is maybe also connected to ADHD a little bit and the inattentive part of me, right? Or the part that really struggles with decisions. The overwhelm when that constant demand on my attention in the form of a small child is gone is absolutely staggering. Like I don't, it's like, I don't know what to do with myself because I've just been, what if, what if instead we called it, it's like a volley of little yucks all the time. (laughs) The volley stops and suddenly you're like, oh wait, I have choice again. Why on God's green earth would I choose a yuck then, David? Help me. Help me. You you wouldn't. (laughs) You, You wouldn't. No. And I think like, that's the thing. Like, this is where I think we have to look at like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go really complicated behavioral. Yes, go for it. There's this thing called the establishing operation. That's always important to think about. This is for every therapist out there, every person that wants to know like why things work. The establishing operation sets the reinforcing effectiveness for the reinforcer. I know that makes no sense, but what, (laughs) but what it means is when you, when you set the reinforcing effectiveness is water, like when we're in rat lab. Uh, this is something in undergrad when you when you have a little rat and like you're training it to do different things. It's a Skinner box, it's called. You reward this rat with a little like um, little droplet of water comes up out of the floor. Mm-hmm. It's a little like push a button, a droplet of water comes up, and the rat loves the water and does lots of work for the water. But here's the thing: rats don't naturally love water this much, so the establishing operation is to withhold water for 24 hours before the rat goes in the cage so that the reinforcing effectiveness of water is so much higher. Now it's dehydrated. Oh my God, give me the water. I'll do anything for water, right? The establishing operation changes the reinforcing effectiveness of the reinforcer. I know, but now that makes more sense. That makes total sense. Sorry, my mind is blown. Okay. So for you, your yuck meter is blown out. There's no, like, there's no semblance of like, of yuck. But I think another way of talking about this for like, like this level of like, I don't know if we talk about societal conditioning or like this level mm-hmm. of like burnout or this level of like, oh whatever. yeah, we can call it that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it becomes important to think about like, when do you get your time? So this is different. Mm-hmm. And what do you do before your time starts? So it feels guilt-free. Mm. And now we're adequately talking about a little yuck. Is that you cleaning that counter so that you can watch every Netflix episode for the next three hours. And when everyone gets home, you won't feel bad. Oh, that feels so good. What Do you, you see just like a little I love that. I love that so much. That feels so different to me. Okay. I don't know why that feels so different to me, but you know what it does that, that feels like then that captures that experience of I'm doing a little yuck for me. Yes. Versus I'm doing a little yuck because goodness, my house is going to fall apart and we're all out of clean underwear. It's like, oh, guess what? I like, oh, I so see the change in my head. Side note, this really rec- this really connects for me around the challenge of what it means, at least like I as long as I know I've known my my parents, my mom in particular never sat down. That's how her neurodivergence appeared. I am very similar. I am like never sitting. When I I don't want to fracture my pelvis a couple years back. I extra didn't sit because that was the thing that hurt. And like I recovered so quickly. 
but also didn't to the point where the doctor's like, you actually have to sit more. Like, are you sitting? Do you like, like you kind of need more weight bearing in the, at the heart and that, that will heal over time. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I say this to say, this gives me a very different relationship to what it means to practice pausing. And I call it stopping, but like maybe another way to call it is resting. Like what I mean is pausing, hitting the pause button on, on my endless to do's, hitting my pause button on all the things that have to get done Mm -hmm. and like carving out a unique new structure for time when I am on my own, or I do have a lot of energy and I am with blessed with the agency and the privilege and the freedom to, to exercise it. I cannot apply the same thing I do to every other moment in time to that time. I have to change my establishing condition, principle? Operation. Operation, even better. You, you need to like give yourself the real reinforcement that you need and not trick yourself into feeling better for doing more chores that you already don't want to do. Yes. You well, won't her- feel better if you push through all the pain and get everything done because you have to start again tomorrow. Can I ask, I feel like this actually sort of explains such a large portion of my life. I'm like almost going to burst into tears. How? I feel like this is something. Okay. So I was, I was, um, so I've been, I think I shared, I've been doing this like really intensive ADHD training lately. And I was listening to, of course, the beloved Ed Hallowell and John Rady describing all their magic. Oh my gosh. We got, we got to do like several episodes just on that, by the way. So great. But um, point is, is um, they were talking about how, you know, we have the rumination network in our brain, like neural network. So imagine there's like a part of your brain. And here's the thing that blew my mind. Its job is not to solve problems. Its job is to create problems. That alone made a big difference for me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that is accurate. Its job is to create problems. And it's just practicing problem solving. That's all it's doing. But the way it does that is by continuing to introduce new problems. And so imagine that's like one neural network, right? When we ruminate, then there's a neural network that happens when we're in the default mode, you know, like we're literally just like wait, waiting music. Like, what are you doing when you're not doing anything? Which is interesting. And then there's task positive, which is the, I am now deciding I want to do a thing and I'm consciously trying to do the thing. So the thing they were saying is neurodivergence is like, imagine that for neurotypical folk, you've got like little levers and you can kind of choose which network you pop into. Or if you're caught in one, it's you use like your executive functioning essentially to like flip a switch and get into another. This is where all the therapy is based on. Like this is CBT. This is like all the stuff that I remember learning about in grad school and being like, that is such a cool idea in theory. There is no way on God's green earth that will ever work for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that will never work. I know because it doesn't. That's not how my brain feels. So what they say is like, actually, with neurodivergence, part of what happens is there are no levers. There are no boundaries. You're always in all of them. Like literally on a brain scan, your default mode does not stop firing when you're doing task positive work. This is the experience of like, you always have a hundred things hitting at the same time. Doesn't- it, maybe I'm wrong with this because you just went to the training, but what I what I thought too is that um, the presence of potential consequence or threat is the thing that increases attention. Well, so the environment, so they're all on at all times, but it's the environment that dictates exactly. almost like what lever is automatically pressed, not Ex- what you can do. Exactly. That's the distinction is you use your environment to press the lever. 
Mm -hmm. right? Like you use your environment to press your levers because you cannot do it internally. Whereas a lot of the world expects you can and then gets mad at you when you can't. And it's like, no, I actually need the things around me to do it for me. Exactly right. Okay. Yes. I mean, exactly right. That totally tracks with, with the whole thing. So, oh God, why was I on this tangent? Oh, this connected so much. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. So this is, you were talking oh. about new learning, task positive network, being distracted. We were talking about. Um, <gasps> oh, the establishing mm-hmm. operation. operation. Mm-hmm. I had that realization that connected to me with my, with rumination, for example, right? Which is, oh, this part of me is like always generating problems. Oh, okay. And again, problems not as a bad thing. Just it's always troubleshooting non-existent trouble. It's like, where's the trouble? Where's the trouble? Where's the trouble? As you say this, what I think about is how I think this, something about this, how I can't, like my brain, I'm showing, people can't see, but I'm showing all of these different networks in my head exist in different places in space and time. And I'm using my hand to gesture very wildly at them. And You're making so different places in the air. Yes. I just want you to see what I'm doing. Um, point is, is I just think that that connects to me where I really need external help to cue me that there is a new establishing operation. Does that make sense? Like I need an external cue to signal to me, oh, this, the thing you think you're working with is actually different. You need to know it's different and stop applying old rules. Like I need a solid external boundary to help me with this. Does that make any sense? Yes. You're saying you need to know when they take the water away. Yes, I need so to know. So that you know that water is more important later because you'll keep working and not attend to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And I walk around starving all the time and I just assume that is always going to be the case. Like it's it's like this. It's 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 like that idea of the rules you think you've set for yourself no longer work and you're like, well, why don't they work? It must be me. When it's like, well, let's pause. Has everything else changed? <laughs> maybe it's not you. Maybe it's Maybelline. But what I mean by that is the environment, but like, sorry, it's a terrible, that's an old question. <laughs> but no, this is the best part, David. Do you know what the, the thing, the twist and what you said is the, the, the commercial is maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline, <laughs> which relates to neurodivergence, actually. <laughs> maybe she's born with it. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe yeah. It's Maybelline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, side note, they make a really solid uh, mascara. Needless plug. They're not, I'm not getting kickbacks. I just really, they're great lashes. One of the best mascaras out there. Um, I save with no authority, just my own lived experience. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of, and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.